I am the librarian and archivist here at the Great Library of Groibon, which it would be nice if more people came to, to be honest, although if they damage my books, I'll shank them. I am not only the keeper of all this knowledge, but a collector, archivist of, uh, of sorts, g collecting various stories about the tales of the world as a whole, so that should anyone ever need any information that isn't on the bloody scrying network, they can come here and find out information about the world. I would like to start by telling you a little about a group of people who worked for the polyarmory. You see, it's a... Basically, it's a chain weapon shop. There's a lot of them in the Underdark. But most importantly, some of these people helped shape our world as it is today. Now, I understand that their adventures are still ongoing, some of them, but, uh... I think it's important to give you an understanding of what has gone before. Hmm. Yeah. So, make yourself comfortable, and I'll explain what happened. Why don't you just, like, completely do the theme tune beatboxed in that style? Fighting death and human horse, Thorson tried to kill them all, they escaped the vile moor, now polyamory start! I will be playing Brilmara Ironthor, a warlock with a criminal background. Brilmara is a short female grey dwarf tattooed head to toe in eldritch markings, denoting her exile for interacting with the eldritch arts. She has uh, autism, and we're going to be running a homebrew autism rule set for D&D 5th edition from Sleepy Spoonie on Tumblr. I have to make a wisdom saving throw anytime that I encounter an exceptionally stressful situation. I'm going to be playing Madame Valerie, who's a half-orc. Uh, she was found on the steps of an orphanage uh, with the tag that simply read Valerie. She had a bit of a tough time in that orphanage because she was green and had tusks. So when she grew up, she decided that the Underdark would be a perfect place for her to live. The easiest place to get a job was at the Eager Wench's brothel. She and everyone else working there lived under a tyrannic rule of the owner named Scrum. Over a period of a few years, she gained the trust of the brothel owner, had a small sum of wealth accumulated, some wages, and stealing from the other patrons. And she used her little spoken powers to charm Scrum into signing a contract, turning the rights of the brothel over to her. She gave the girls equal pay and part ownership of the brothel. And they were all a lot happier for it. And no longer was it the Eager Wench brothel it turned into Madame Valerie's working girls cooperative. One evening she was strolling back from visiting a home client and found a weak little kobold on the street who was all beaten up. He was given work as a waiter and as Valerie's personal consensual slave. He found a lot of enjoyment and appreciation and was named Thrall. On a particularly busy day at the cooperative, Thrall brought Valerie's attention to a dwarf, making their way around the club and pickpocketing patrons. Valerie decided to take pity on her and taught her ways to improve her quite frankly sloppy sleight of hand. Hey, hey, I wasn't that bad. You were quite bad. That was Brilmara, and Valerie and Thrall um, and Brilmara grew romantically attached, um, and the relationship grew into a trio. Everything was perfect. Dum dum dum. You make that dum 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 sound as if something's going to go wrong for this perfect setup. In the middle of the night, you're awoken by a furiously panicking thrall. 
wake the girls and you can grab one item each i'm going to i'm going to wake the girls obviously i they they are my family i want to warn them that something is coming you wake the girls mm-hmm. you manage to make your way out quite safely as you make it onto the streets in the fairly near distance there are sounds of explosions and battle and you can see people throwing spells left and right you make your way up to the gate up to the overworld you come across a caravan. Get in the caravan and let's go. You find yourself in Mordtown. You hear a low-level screech from a side alley. You see uh, a strange white-blue light, a uh, cobbled, standing up from the floor. Pick up a small black shiny object, place it into their pocket, and walk off. A caravan was stolen from beneath us, literally. How the fuck does someone steal a caravan from underneath <laughs> someone? I don't know, fucking sorcery. How the fuck did this happen? As you approach, you see the door of the polyarmory thrown open by a tall half-ogre. She is massive and terrifying. She appears to be half-ogre and half-drow, which is unheard of, because ogres don't mate with drow. Where her left eye should be, there is a large metal plate bolted to the side of her head, a hollow where the eye should be, and inside this floats a small red glowing ball of light, roughly the size of a marble, and it swivels in the socket like a pupil on an invisible eyeball. She is literally made of muscle. That is badass. I guess I have three new fine employees for this, the polyarmory. For your first job, I'll require you to go out. There's a new dungeon lord sitting up on the edge of town, and I think we should perhaps relieve them of some of their funds. There's a catalogue. We'll call this your first little test. Now, the person you need to see calls himself Trash Boy (laughs) with an eye. Where does the eye go in (laughs) Trash Boy? At the end, apparently. And off we go! The kind of goblins that might call themselves Trash, ironically. I get out two fidget spinners, spin them (laughs) in both my hands, and do a dab... I do a dab with fidget spinners in my hand. I do a, I do a fidget spinner dab. I think we're going to make a lot of fucking money right now. You meet this very bouncy, fluffy green-haired half-goblin who is skinny and beautiful. All around the walls are a series of pictures of Trash Boy. Tell me things. I need to see traps. So, so uh, I've, we- I've just set up this new dungeon and, and I really need some stuff. Your nips are going to be so fucking hard. Oh, we did it! We got a job! Hello, welcome to Darius Fried Rat. It's awful. Every day is awful. I hate it here. By the way, I'm going to help you out here. You're just going to take some time. As Chris hurries about fetching all, all the various aspects of your meal, you notice that there is a chain attached to his leg. He can only go as far as the fry counter <laughs> and the, the main production bin. And he almost burns himself on, on the fryer while freshly preparing you a nice, delicious dessert rat and, and dipping it in sugar. Let's get some sleep. Yeah. We all spoon together in a nice trio yeah. spoon. There is a rumour that the Nulls have got Modritar. What is this they've got? This famous orc known as Ban rose up, gathered uh, together a load of the uh, local businesses and formed an alliance to take down this large group of trolls that was absolutely destroying the local town. Modritar is a warhammer. If that's actually what they're saying it is, that's, that's quite something, isn't it? The real hammer has been imprinted by one of our warlocks up at head office who makes sure that you do have the correct items. She hands you a small green stone 
just touch it against the item or hold it near the item, it will vibrate and glow so that you know you've got the real thing. I suggest you head over right. and see the knolls on the warehouse, their warehouse on the edge of town. And make sure you don't lose the item once you have exchanged it for this 6,000 in gold. Inside the warehouse, you see lots of large stacked boxes, very similar to things you've seen in the stockroom at work. Is this a rival company selling traps? <sighs> Either that or they're a supplier. I don't get that feeling. <laughs> there is a, an open area. In the middle of this is a chain hanging down from the ceiling with a, a hook on the end. And on the end of this hook appears to be what is almost certainly somebody in a, a burlap sack hung upside down by their ankles. It's been our best business game and hopefully we won't find ourselves in burlap sacks. You see through a gap in the large stack boxes. In the distance there appears to be quite a, a long table with some small figures hunched over it. It does rather look like they are all, all, all tied to this table and you hear a, the sort of familiar womp sound of people travelling through portals. Well, let's cut straight to the chase. We have money. You have a very valuable warhammer. We have a way of authenticating whether this warhammer is the real deal. We wish to give you money for the warhammer. Yes, hammer is here on table. You present me with the 8,000 gold we talk about. I've spoken to your boss, the freakish half -ogre. Give me the money and get out. Give us the warhammer and you can take the money. Fine, I will kill you all. I am incapacitated. <laughs> The Knoll raises both of his scimitars over his head as if that he is going to just literally behead you with scimitar scissors. <laughs> and at that precise moment, there is the most almighty crash at the far end of the warehouse. There is a sound of something animal groaning. We grab Thrall and run. You see Boss Knoll just comes flying out of a, a skylight window and just splashing into the river. Things did not go according to plan. Across the road, you see a small figure in very large orange robes and a very large hat. You wonder how they don't fall over, like, all the time. He hands you a poster, and on okay. this is some pictures of people in brightly coloured, almost neon armour, firing bolts of, of light at each other through what look like quite oversized wands. It seems to be for some kind of attraction called Spell Quest. But you hear a noise from down one of the alleyways and see a bright blue and white glow. What appears to be a large figure, maybe sort of five and a half, six foot tall, that is glowing blue and white. And oh. as you watch, they seem to be getting smaller and smaller and the light is dimming. And after a moment or so, you see that they are a cobbled. They pick up something on the floor near them and walk out of the alleyway. And they walk past you, heading off down the road. Hmm. Hmm. Almost as if coming out of, of static, a large white-blue glowing spider. It's about five foot tall. Its body is roughly the size of Thrall, if he was rolled up in the fetal position. It takes a few steps and then fizzes away as if it was static on a television. There may be some kobolds in town that have stones that do weird blue-white lights. We saw one of the kobolds outside last night. They were glowing blue and white down the alleyway. They, they all had these like devices. They did the whole bluey white glow thing. Little black things they were all holding and staring at, yeah? Something mm. like that, yeah. Something, yeah, scry tomes. Yeah, they've all got them. We were very curious about what Instagram's all about. 
well, I put pictures up and they all end up on, on the scrying network. And then people like, look at my pictures and tell me how pretty I am. And sometimes they give me money. It's really good. Do you know where I could get one? I kind of want to try and like put up pictures of myself doing cool fidget spinner dab tricks. That would be amazing. And I want to put up pictures of other things. There's a shop in, in town, in, in Mordtown. Oh. The Cart Tome Warehouse. To the Cart Tome Warehouse. Oh, you're in the market for a scrytome. You could buy one outright for 600 gold. Oh, goodness. Uh, what a pickle. I'm Gorthane, uh, consensual necromancer. You haven't seen a big green thing, have you? Bit on the smashy side. <laughs> in the distance, you hear a familiar sort of roar and the sound of something quite royally being smashed. Possibly a, a building. Is this the mm. green thing that smashed a bunch of stuff? Uh, it sounds very, f very familiar. Well, it might have escaped a bit you've heard about all the, the the things in the south the evil the human doing all the killings destroying towns <laughs> they're they're all being destroyed by humans so I'm, I'm trying to work on something that might well we don't have an army because under dark we don't really work together very much <laughs> so trying to you know work work on on something that might be able to, to, to destroy them <laughs> like an army but just a couple of them Moortown's not a very dragon-heavy place. We didn't. We used to have a dragon round here, like a while ago. But people stopped talking to him, and then they started hiding away. Purple, purple dragon. He was a uh, strange one, dressed I'll funny. Keep peeking around the corner and flipping their goggles up, you see the gnome that you spotted earlier. We kind of need your dragon. She she doesn't go out. Lactone's through there if you want to go and, and go and have a chat. They're sitting on the most meagre pile of treasure you've ever seen. It barely pokes out from underneath her bum. It is a large purple dragon. <gasps> she appears to be wearing uh, a tiara and has her hand sort of on her chest. <clears throat> uh, hello. Oh, oh, I don't go out any any anymore. Anymore? And she looks really sad. Why, why, don't, why don't you go out anymore? They, they, they don't they like me outside. They're not very nice to me. And as she stammers through her words, you notice the room starting to get hotter. Much, much hotter. She picks up a, a, a fan and she starts furiously fanning herself with it. She reaches into the jar to her side and takes out a small object and she pops it in her mouth and swallows it down. People are, are quite un unkind, so I, I stay in now. I take these to feel uh, better uh, uh, about me. And be more me. Lactone is taking medication from a jar. And sometimes she gets really, really hot. I feel like there's something staring right in my face that I've not picked up on. Lactone is a trans dragon. You're not alone. And I would be proud to have you by my side going to go kill some cool green things. I don't really feel comfortable going outside. I, I don't really get to do anything much anymore. I stay here with Ash. He, he looks after me. I'm going to be the main attraction for, for the game. I get to wear a mask, so it's okay. Earlier today, we saw Trash Boy. Despite having quite a long neck and quite short arms, she tries to do a little dab. We'll go talk to Trash Boy and let them know that they have a really big fan. You're, hey. lo you're lovely, and you're we reckon you might be the key to saving the world at some point. It's, it's alright. Hot, hot flushes are never fun. We've, uh, I've, I've been there. They're never fun. You have? Uh, yeah. 
I could give you something that's hotter than dragon fire. She picks up the jar next to her and offers you some dragon HRT. If you ever want to, you know, talk to us, just let us know and we can come over. I'll, I'll look you up on the etherweb. You can see a large green creature. It has been stitched together from various pieces. I can use Mage Hand to move the um, move the pill into the creature's mouth. I'm going to sneak up right behind this thing and jab it as hard as I can with my mace. Jam your mace right up its sphincter. It roars in pain. I cast Mage Hand, move the pill up towards the creature's mouth and drop it in. You notice the green of its skin is changing and darkening. It appears to have steam coming off of its body. Its skin starts to blacken. Between all all of the stitching, you see it start to light up as if it is burning with an internal fire. After a few more seconds, it rips itself apart, bursts into flames, and some of the surrounding zombies are thrown back from the explosion. And before you know it, there are green slash black charred pieces all over the place. HRT is powerful stuff. You find yourselves downstairs at the loading dock. The deliveries come in, the gnomes have sailed down the river and are unloading stock onto the dock. Right, uh... Do you want to buy, like, some purple worm, yeah? And he pulls out a small handful of weird purple disc-like objects, um, about an inch and a half across, circular, with a sort of depression in the middle, a bit like a red blood cell, but purple. Everyone used to do, like, worm. I hear the high elves have been, like, boosting up the strength, so it's, like, proper strong now, yeah? It's really good for your mind, know what I'm saying? You get, like, this really nice body high, like, you feel all up there, really euphoric and, and, like, proper nice. You've got this real sense of, like, outward calm, and you'll sleep amazingly, like, never have nightmares or nothing, yeah? Purple worm's not addictive. You can ask any of the kobolds, like, they know where to find me, yeah? What's your name? I'm Dave, yeah? All of a sudden, there's... There is a flicker as if the world around you has suddenly shifted and you see six or seven giant blue-white spiders. They seem to glow with an inner light. The one that is right up in your face makes a noise like... And then vanishes. There is a, a banner hanging above the door saying, Welcome to Spell Quest. Can we, can we do the quest? Brave adventurers, you have come to Spellquest. Come and experience all that the dungeon has to offer and face the great and powerful dragon there at the end of it. (gasps) You will be assaulted by various dangerous creatures, but you must survive as powerful wizards. You hear that there is a disturbance over by the surface gate. There are four humans standing by the the gate. You see one of the cobbles take a sword to the chest and as they do so, they glow a sort of white blue and then they change shape into a much larger figure. Is that figure a spider? No. No. It's humanoid shaped, about five and a half, six foot tall, has very smooth skin. Slightly mottled blue, and the the main skin colour is grey. It has no eyelids, um, quite thick brow ridges. It has no hair, quite long slender fingers. Beside it on the floor is its scrytome, with seemingly no mouth either. And plain milky eyes. After a few moments, that light seems to die that is coming from within it. You hear 
one of the humans shout, Will we make this land great again once we've wiped out you filthy cave-dwelling vermin? You can say what you like to us, but Thordenson's coming for all of you, the light of Gyloi. My dark eldritch god has finally granted upon me Find Familiar, which I can use to summon a pseudo-dragon to my service. Are you ready to meet Puff, the magic dragon? You know, we have a scrytone now. I've been trying to figure out how to get the fucking thing to work. After a while, the screen starts to glow, uh, a strange blue-white glow. There are some images that appear on the screen. You sign up to Instagram as the Polycuties, and you are introduced yes. to your, your Instagram feed. Uh, I vote first thing we do is fucking we make sweet. sure to have both Trash Boy and Lactone added. In a darkened corner, you see uh, an elderly-looking orc. Please come and have a seat. Well, you know how things are at the moment. Uh, a lot of people displaced thanks to this uh, Fist of Guileway, the, the warrior priest. Some call him Fortson. This Guileway. Not a god I've ever heard of, though. Any, any idea why they, they want to get rid of us? I'd say it's racism, plain and simple. There must have not been more than eight or ten of them, including Thordson. Seems strange they claim to worship this Guileway. Some I've never heard of a god like this, especially not one that seems to give them such dark powers when they claim to be working for the light. Those men seem to wear the sign of a blue tree that hangs upside down. The Great Library might be somewhere to start. Half a day north to Groibon. I scroll through the directory and try and find the names of, of the old girls. You're all okay! Yeah, we're, we're mostly okay! <laughs> we, we made it, we got, we got out of there, we've, we've, we've headed to Turtown. Madame Luriana's okay. looking after us. Delilah's missing though. Oh, that sucks. When did you last see Delilah? She was out making a house call few nights ago and she just seems to have vanished on her way home. Well, Vendy, it seems we've had a little bit of news about Modrasar. Seems to have turned up again just outside Turtown. I suggest you head down and see Barry down at the gates. He will sort you out with a company cart. He sets about pulling out a cart with the polyarmory logo on the side, two crossed axes on the black, red and blue background yokes up to it uh, two very large pigs. As you make your way to Tourtown, you see many weary travellers on the road. It looks like there are many more refugees heading from the south, fleeing towards Groivon. Just on the outskirts of Tourtown, you see a, a large camp. Hundreds of tents have been pitched to house the refugees. You see a few of the tents sort of nearer the cave wall look much more big and grand. Obviously people hmm. who are well connected. You eventually come to the town proper. It's more densely populated than Mortown. Tall housing structures reach high up to the ceiling of this cavern. There's many general stores selling cheap goods. Uh, there's a nine copper shop, one silver land. <laughs> there's plenty of places to bet on any type of fighting you want. All this is uh, interspersed with, with newer shops, like there's there's a Daru's, uh, a cartone warehouse, there's an elf food shop. You come to the local polyarmory. Oh, you must be Vendy's lot. Yeah, that's us. That is us. I hope, I hope the road wasn't too congested with all these refugees. The person you need to see is called Revo. Over in that camp, you probably passed it on the way into town. Strung across the front of the tent is a bit of bunting, which states cheap girls available, and pronounces the name of this establishment, 
succubi. You are greeted by a sleazy looking goblin in a suit. He has a, an attempt at a moustache. It's quite <laughs> thin and wispy. He grins at you in a way that makes you incredibly uncomfortable. Winks at Thrawn and says, Oh, hello, sir. Yes, yes, hello. Uh, brought us a girl, have you? Uh, how much do you want for her then? He pulls out what is very familiar to you as a hammer you've seen previously. I take out the hash stone, I hold it up against the hammer. It glows and vibrates exactly as you have been told that it would in the presence of the true hammer. I just look at him and all that's going through Bromara's head is, do the deal, then kick his fucking ass. Listen here, you slimy fuck. If you do not give her over... You are going to have a lot of hell to pay. You know how quickly we've just murdered your guards? You really have nowhere to run. There in the doorway, flanked by two ogres, is someone you haven't seen in a long time. Standing in the doorway is Scrum, your former employer and owner of the Eager Wench's brothel. Ah, Valerie. I thought I taught you better than to rough up my customers. Your disgusting fetishes have no place in a respectable establishment. I think you and your collection of miniature dragons should leave. The smart thing to do is to get the fuck out of here while we can because we've gotten through this remarkably well. On the way back, Thrall is sitting with the Scrytome playing Pigimon away. You take the Scrytome back from Thrall and you notice it is really, really hot. You imagine that if this thing had a power source it would Hmm. be absolutely rinsing it. There... Surrounded by a large azure moat, which is underlit in various places by some kind of glowing rock, Hmm. there is a a large concentric castle with these tall walls with crenellated uh, battlements at the top. There is a large drawbridge that is down and you head towards that. You are gestured in by one of the greeters and pointed in the direction of the stables. Inside is this incredibly luxurious building. It, it is actually, a, a seems to be a working castle. A large number of people just gathered together and they appear to be just having a little cuddle puddle together. Aww. There appears to be a large, like a wrestling ring and there are two quite beefy bugbears stripped to the waist, oiled heavily mm. and uh, wrestling with each other in... in it's, they're clearly doing it more for fun than actual violent sport or competition. Oh. All around you, out of their heads, seem to be lifting images as if their very own fantasies are being brought to life in illusory form above them. All of this is happening around the central stage. The performance stage is gesturing with her hands towards each person with a little flick of her wrist, a movement of her fingers. These images are literally rising out of the foreheads of the viewers. And they're watching these amazing, beautiful, arousing sexual scenes happening above them. Can this be the end of our campaign? I'm pretty fucking speechless right now. Give give up on saving the world and everything and sure, you know, give it six months or a year. You know, we might die along with everyone else. But can this just be like the nice happy ending that our characters get is we just end up here and we're like yeah no, we're, we're good she appears to be quite a slight skinny very pale skin almost slightly blue tinged skin very very pale white her hair is azure slash turquoise 
and it falls to sort of just beyond her shoulders and she has pure black eyes no iris or, or pupil it's all black and she moves with incredible grace the moment she is sort of surrounded with this vague green mist and they're embracing <laughs> and kissing and in- engaging with each other and it's beautiful and arousing and incredible and then after a few seconds everything just fades and the room is just a room around you. The lights are slightly brighter than you imagined they were when you first walked in, and everybody just stands up and applauds wildly. I join them. As you stand, you realise that the the woman on stage who's taking bows and so forth from the waist down has a crown of eight cephalopod arms. Oh. She is a cicalia. I very much like to look after my people. It is essential that everyone is safe here. Sadly, we do live in this fortress, but it is where we are most safe and most looked after. Bromara? Bromara? You've got time for a long rest. Bromara, can we stay here for a bit, please? We can stay here long enough for a I long rest. I think it rest. would be good for my mental well-being. We can stay here long enough for a long rest. But Thank also, you. We're, we're not going to leave here like, oh, it's like six hours till the drop-off. I guess we're going Oh, now. yeah, no, 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 don't worry. We're not going to do that. Like, stay here a couple of days. Give us a day to travel there. And then, like, we, we like, stay the night there. And then tomorrow we do the drop-off. This most stunning, enormous cavern... It reaches up hundreds of feet above you. There are huge, tall, spired buildings, like great stalagmites reaching up towards the roof of a vast cavern, in the very centre of which is a vast clear crystal which spreads light across the city during the day. You know from your history that it was fashioned and placed there over two centuries ago by Ban Trollslayer himself. Oh, it's you. Hello. You're Vendy's lot, aren't you? Uh, yeah, no, we we got the hammer. We have the hammer. Well, excellent. Here it is. I never thought I'd personally hold Modritar, the hammer of Ban Trollslayer. Very impressive. It's ba- It's a Ban oh. hammer. It's, it's... Oh my god, it's the moderator hammer for banning the troll. Across the road, you notice that there is a shop, Nestler's. You, <laughs> you know the brand because they are the company that make Croak? Beverage uh-huh. that is is sold in all all dairies and all across the Underdark. It's the one of the most popular drinks around. It's a very modern looking shop, glass fronts, and inside they just seem to have a huge amount of space, but with only three or four shelves in there. There's a lot of glass and light, and they just seem to have just bottles of a clear liquid on the shelf. Before you come to the library, you pass a small building that looks like it was knocked together out of bits of wood. There is what looks to be some kind of board outside, slightly oval, long and wooden. It appears to have a fin on the bottom, and the in neon pink paint, clumsily splashed on, it says, we are open. And on a, a large piece of driftwood that hangs above the door, it looks like it was a, a once a wooden plank, and then it had floated in some ocean at some point for a considerable time fished out and rescued and painted across the top of it in blue the high elves this large spiral building a a stalactite with a seam that runs around the outside of it almost as if a, a giant screw stretching up into the into the air 
doors to this building are large and blue. The paint is starting to peel off them. It's obviously not been properly cared for for a good long time. Mm. You throw the doors open and head inside, and it's massive. Hello? Looks like we both caught... We all caught each other off guard there. Here's the deal. We're here to find out some stuff about humans. I'm looking for inf- We're looking for information on a group known as the Fist of Guileway. Fist of Guileway? Sounds bloody ridiculous. 65th floor. Mm-hmm. Rody, you're looking for a, uh, a, a book uh, called The Silent Monks of Napping. You find mention that uh, a, a small child was adopted into the monastery. His parents had been killed by a Nothic. About 11 years later, one night, the entire monastery was destroyed by a hellhound. That boy was filled with hate for all dark creatures. I highly suspect the boy that we've read about in this book is Thorson. We head back via tour town and go kill a little slimy shitbag on our way back home. I thought you'd never ask. On the way there, you notice there are quite a few empty glass bottles. They seem to be piling up in un- people's doorways, some just randomly lining the street. Written on the side of the glass bottle, in slightly raised lettering, it says Nestler's Spring. I mean, it's pretty sturdy. I, I give the glass a knock. You give it a firm knock and it cracks. I stand corrected. <laughs> These things are shit. Inside is a small newt with a green stripe along its back. A newt? Aww. Do I just have a pet newt now? <laughs> Michael Newt the Minute Newt. Fendi Rack is coming in the other way, and they are with a white-haired Durigar. This is Jardine. She's she's your replacement. The three of you have been promoted to requisition crew <gasps> and returns with the three badges, each <gasps> bearing badges? each bearing the sign of the polyarmory logo. Your basic job role is to try and recover stock for the company. If you find yourself in the presence of anything with historical value, it would be very much appreciated if you could return this to the museum at head office. Jardine's going to be moving in once you've gone. Your first mission is going to be to head to Severton. You see a small independent chicken shop named <gasps> Tasty Rat, or one word. <laughs> Um, and it appears okay. to be some form of drive through where you can pick up some tasty rat. Well, upon actually physically standing up, you notice that, yes, in fact, this goblin is chained to something. Let's take our badges off and liberate this restaurant, yeah? I feel a little bit unwell. You feel very unwell, and you, certainly more than Brelmara, are very aware of the fact that this does not taste... Quite the same as most rat that you've eaten before. Oh no. You pop the tops off of these bottles of Nestle Spring, give them a sniff, and it smells like water, and you drink it, and it tastes like water oh, that you might drink out of any river. Oh wow. We just we just paid a silver a silver for some bottled fucking water. This person has been badly burnt. They're eighty percent carbonized bone and the rest is charred rotting meat. They died on fire and running for their life. There is the remains of a warehouse. To the side of the door, you notice that it says staff entrance. And above the door, it says obmans. There's a long table, which has some 
bowls on it. There appears to be something, it may once have been a fungus, but now it's gone mouldy and horrible in these bowls, and it smells yeah. awful. There are a number of chains connected to the table that seem to be leading off a little ways away behind some fallen boxes. Eventually you do find there are some pretty beaten up looking people under here. They are all gnomes, all chained <gasps> by their ankles. Oh my god, they're gnome slaves. They look pretty malnourished, and amongst them you notice that not all of them survived under there. Oh And god. in order to survive the two odd weeks since the oh tragedy no. happened here, oh they no. might have been having to eat the remains of their oh. colleague clutched in what remains of the arms of uh, another member of staff is uh, a great sword there's a red stone in the pommel you are fairly certain you can see a humanoid shape i'm not dangerous yeah well my family we've been bards for for, for generations <laughs> i'm looking for the, the family songbook in in then there is a, a small ish leather bound book is this it you hold it up and the dwarf it looks absolutely elated. That's it, 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 yeah, that's Ferris. I'm bored. Ferris. Ferris. Like iron. Oh, yeah, yeah. You couldn't give us a lift just, just outside town. I'm, I'm, I'm heading north to the fairy forest. From the outside, you can see sort of interesting flashing lights glowing on the, on the ceiling and mm. a, sort of a, a pounding beat uh, as if uh, quite uh, rhythmic music is being played. And here sits a very odd creature with 12 limbs, um, some playing drums, others playing violins, cymbals, uh, a double bass. There are many figures uh, all around, uh, up and dancing in, in various brightly coloured clothing. Some of them have painted faces, and they're all just dancing to this endless rhythmic beat. <gasps> it's a rave! You come across a, a small halfling. She is lying with her head on a huge rainbow-coloured lynx. Behind the bar is a large amber crystal formation that grows right up to the ceiling, and it appears to have some sort of thick liquid that drips over the top of it, and you assume that this is where these crystals are formed from. Right, uh, let's see. Uh, crystal, six waters. Uh, how many cake? A bit of cake each. Six cake. Yep. Ten gold. Valerie, Valerie says very closely... You should suck my finger. <laughs> Don't do this at home, kids. I suck a bit of crystal off the finger. I also suck my finger. I really like your tattoos. Thank you. I got them by making a pact with the Dark Eldritch Gardens. It's pretty cool. As Bromara turns around to talk to Valerie, Bromara realises that Valerie is not there and is instead stood in the middle of the room. Well, I say stood... She's dancing her fucking ass <laughs> off. Nice. I'm Aaron. Hi, Aaron. It's nice to meet you. Do you mm. come here a lot? This is my first time here. Oh, cool. Um, uh, this is my first time too. We're like buddies. Yeah, that's great. Let's say, uh, do, you, do you want a drink? And he holds up this uh, drinking flask. And as he sort of offers it to you, you notice on the back of his hand there appears to be some kind of... Uh, brand. You're not sure what it means, but you know that's generally a uh, brand of this sort on the back of somebody's hand probably isn't a good sign. 
Oh, the crystal's very good. I know a lot here mix it with spore, but if you want something a bit more interesting, I've, uh, I can get you some purple worm. It's like worm. It's upgraded. The high elves, they do their thing, you know? It's the same stuff, but the high elves fixed it. It's the great. High I mean, it stops no. you even having nightmares. At the other side of the room, you do notice somebody else in a, a pink suit coat, suit jacket, wearing blue dungarees, and they appear to be dabbing. And as they dab, <gasps> they are flying splashes of colour and lights across the room that are sticking to the ceiling. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. How do you make your dabs do that? I'm lit, you know. C can you teach me? I can try. I'm AJ. Pleased to meet you, Bramara. It's, it's like a hug. Yes, I, I would, I would love a. I don't normally like <laughs> hugs, but I would love a hug. Well, if I, you keep practicing, I'm sure I, you'll learn. Say, speaking of the high elves, um, uh huh. Do you uh, want some purple worm? You know what? How much? Three golds. Do I, I'm a little bit experienced. Do I just eat this? Just give it a chew. Yeah, you'll just have give it a good chew. time. Okay. Okay. Um, you chew and chew, chew away. Eventually, swallow it down, and it hits your stomach. And initially, you feel a little, a little drop in your stomach, and then straight away, it just bounces right back up, and you feel like you're—it's almost like your stomach's gone numb. I am. I'm gonna go sit underneath the blue mushroom. You're <sighs> very—you you notice that everything around you feels really nice. Are, are you okay there? Come, come here. Your You're dropping your toes. You drop. You gotta put them back on. His face seems to sort of just be wobbling slightly. Oh. Um, and out of his eyes is bleeding rainbows. So, did you have a, a think about that purple worm anymore, Bromara? I have some purple worms, sure. You feel like your body is getting longer and longer. Your legs are together, and it almost feels as you look down like there are scales there <gasps> you see that your legs have turned into the body of a great demonic snake <sighs> in purple and green with a reticulated pattern to its colouring oh. and it turns round and it looks you at you with venomous dripping fangs and you're not afraid of it you feel like you're very conscious of what this thing is like you've made a bond with it at some point you feel absolutely empowered by it. And after a few minutes of staring at you, it does not speak. Its tongue flicks between its lips, tasting the air around it. It suddenly rears back and launches down and clamps its jaws where your feet would be and tears itself loose from the rest of your body. Yeah, this was a very fun night, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm having a real feeling that, like, we have some valuable stuff and we did do our job and, like, oh, shit. the longer yeah. before we go back, the more chance we fuck this up. You notice that you're getting much, much closer to the, the cart you saw departing just ahead of you. From the back of the cart, that it is actually a, a tasty rat cart, all of a sudden you Ooh. hear a familiar shout, Valerie, help! I got help! Fuck if this is a wonderful opportunity to liberate Tasty Rat. Let's go get that gnome back! I want to cast Unseen Servant. You cast Unseen Servant and send it off towards the front of the store. And after about ten minutes, you're getting quite concerned about where it's gone. And hmm. you realise you don't have any proper sense of it. So it seems to have just stopped existing. 
right before we storm in, I want to cast a mirror image. They're semi-transparent, and they seem to... They have a really low frame rate. Valerie, something, something's really up. I really don't think we should do this. Shit. If we do this and it fucks up, this is on you. Something is up with me and I'm not comfortable. Sorry for the inconvenience. We're having a liberation. Some of the goblins are looking about ready to start smacking some people up. Do you want to c- come with us and get out of here? You know what? I'm not at all happy with what's happened here. Are you ready to fuck this place up? I'm ready to take these fuckers Look. out. I think there's enough of us now. Fuck it, let's try. And coming out of there is another bugbear. The gnomes rush him, and the three of them just jab him straight in the chest with the the javelins they've taken off of the bugbears. Do his trousers fall down as they do? Yeah. And Ah! he chips over them and into the goblins, so he almost lands impaled on the javelins. Oh, that's fucking brutal. Gonna shoot him in the fucking head. I'm loving this crossbow right now. (laughs) And there's just the little tiny bit of feather just poking out from from his nose. Bromar is having a bit of a realisation that maybe... There was more to what went on after taking purple one than she perhaps uh, really anticipated. My magic exists because I made a pact with a beautiful, lovely eldritch god that eats nightmares. The realisation being the purple worm doesn't just like not give people nightmares in isolation now. No more nightmares means no more food for Dendar means... Oh god, I fucked up. You start to look across your body and you notice that many of your tattoos have really started to fade. The tattoos are falling Except- off! Except- oh no, they really are falling off! It was foreshadowing all along! <laughs> Except one. Oh. One tattoo is still very visible. In this fried rat restaurant. No bosses. No managers. No unequal distribution of profits or benefits from working in this establishment, this will become Madame Valerie's Fried Rat Cooperative. Using the ketchup, I'm basically going to draw an elaborate, like, big summoning circle just in ketchup on the ground in this office. And I I sit next to it, close my eyes, and I just try and empty my mind so that it is just dark and empty and i try and remind myself like just trying to get myself into a mental equivalent of like the bottom of a miles deep hole you feel yourself dropping out of the world into one of the lower planes into the the fugue plane where you long ago first encountered the great eater of the world the mother of the night parade she is <laughs> the night serpent i am for <laughs> Once a slave, now joining those who would starve me. Hey, how are you, Dandar? I blame those lazy, greedy elves. They are stealing my food. They have made the fungus more palatable. What was once a rite of passage for a chosen few is now being supplied to all and sundry. I will do what I can, and we shall speak again. See that you do not disappoint me again. Hey, All right, Vimara. Hey, Aiden. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Are there any like things I can be practicing that are going to help me to to get this magic in in tune? If you got like any, you know, uh, warm up routines or anything like that, any sort of exercises I should be trying? It's about connecting with other people and sharing that love, focusing on on the source of your magic, your connection to your dark eldritch god, which was symbolised through your tattoos, 
your one remaining vibrant tattoo. You cast a dab, and which you, you've said you end in a kiss, towards uh, Madame Valerie. Welcome to level one dab wizardry. <gasps> hey. oh, you cast heck. cure wounds. There is a song in there that talks about a going away. It's a bad songbook. We're all basically historians. Usually this is where you you used to get stock deliveries in, but the water level is barely a trickle. It's just some silty mud a- mm. about eight feet down. You head along the road that most closely follows the river, trying to see if you can find where the Nestler's Corporation, their factory or, or production, which you understand to be somewhere along the river to Groibon. Eventually, you come to a large set of double doors, and directly above this, in very nicely done red paint, is a logo that says, Nestlers, it's a privilege. You knock on the door, and after a few moments, you hear what sounds like some kind of brace or bolt being lifted. A lizard folk peers around the door. Health inspectors! Mr. Croak sent you. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, well, please come in, come in. Uh, you you want to see the much. boss. So Aiden's going to wait for you on the cart. You notice that Puff is also just sitting on the bench of the cart as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he doesn't seem at all interested in anything you're doing. I don't um, want don't, don't to come, come help out, Puff. He snorts in a slightly derisive manner. You see some kind of conveyor belt that's being powered by a, a goblin pushing uh, around in circles. There are two other goblins. One appears to be loading glass bottles out of boxes onto the conveyor belt, and the other one is unloading full glass bottles into a different box, ready to be shipped out. The lizard folk knocks on the door. Come in. Elf inspectors. Health inspectors, is it? Mm. I'm not sure why Mr. Croak would feel the need to inspect anybody's health around here. This is most unusual. I'd better give him a call. And he pulls uh, out his scrytome. We're, we're taking all the water. The, the goblins are working overtime. We, we're shipping out as, as fast as we can. Just to the left of the pig pen, there is a small dam that is holding back most of the river. Here's here's the issue here, as far as I can see it, is we could destroy this dam relatively easily. That's not the difficult part. The difficult thing is stopping someone from just rebuilding it. Thrall is sitting on his scrytome playing Piggymon away. Is is it does. getting particularly hot? It It is, as usual, pretty warm. Uh, I'm getting a sense here. This is... Puff was basically earned through eldritch magic and mm-hmm. puff is not a big fan of the dab magic is that a good sense of what's going on you can't tell that from anything puff is communicating with you oh thanks so much for giving us the lift anytime you need uh you hit us up on a scrytome i've got one of those oh excellent excellent oh bumble will be incredibly upset <laughs> Well, yes, this is uh, belong to Bumble, the original Bumble, of course, owner of the Bumble's department store and the various other oh, yes. stores around. Well, back in Gro- in the uh, rough and tough days of Groibon, back before Band Troll Slayer brought to unity and harmony, uh, before there was mm. uh, such beautiful place for commerce, unfortunately, uh, it used to be a little bit rougher, and Bumble was uh, quite known for his sword. Rather, d- he rather did like Slasher. They said it was his prize. 
You know, normally the easiest route to get stuff back to head office is up the river. Yes, I had heard there'd been something about that. Something about the ferry staff not being able to get down the river. Yeah. Um, some, someone asking for some kind of toll or other, saying it was out of commission. Here's here's the short version. Nestless Springs, if you know them, the uh, crappy glass bottles of water. They have set up a factory along that river and basically the river does not work and they're selling the river wa- water in crappy glass bottles my temptation is to say we destroy that we destroy the nestlers building but like that is a big thing for us to do as polyamory just just checking like is that the way you want us to go with this nestler croak is a very powerful man while i do not like him it could be very dangerous unless you're going to take him out himself your google map has been updated with instructions on how to find croak manor of course, nothing to do with the polyarmory. I'll tell you what, I'll arrange for the cart park staff to send you out in the black cart. If you're going to be doing shady stuff like this, I'd rather you weren't absolutely advertising it, but obviously do keep your badges in case you meet anyone later on. How can I help you? So we're looking for explosives. I mean, the dynamite's probably your more useful for our mission. But also Molotov cocktails. You get both. Absolutely. Would you like them gift-wrapped? There are a lot of Ganleys in in the book. (laughs) Big family. You find Aiden and Gesture. You see the blue lights disappearing off into the distance. Eventually, Ganley's face floats into view. We we might know where your book is. That's not all you want, so let me know if there's anything I can do for you in return, right? You pull, you pull up the cart a, a, a little bit along the road. The, there is a, a large private driveway that goes mm-hmm. up to Croke Manor. Mm-hmm. And as you're making your way, you catch a glimpse of some kind of multicoloured fur. The building itself appears to be a, a very large sort of manor house, lots of unnecessary pillars, large open windows. There's lots of very long lawns. You have no idea how they run a lawn in the Underdark. Yeah, there's some, there's some fancy shit, topiary, topiaries. Can mm-hmm. I do a nature check to see if I recognise any creature that might have multicoloured fur? Sure. Natural 20. Not a natural colour, but the the fur, the, the way it lies, and the sort of stealthy nature of this creature. Do you think it might be some kind of lynx? Is that Sir Normington Pawsworth? I think that I might be. And Sir Normington peeks through the undergrowth at you and gives you a bit of a squint. Mistress stolen. <gasps> By who? Batman. Bugbear. <gasps> oh. In-house. <gasps> oh shit, we're breaking someone out as well. So... Based on the intelligence by Sir Nomington Forsworth, the brightly coloured rainbow battle links, they entered Croke Manor and were able to rescue Eleanor Finder from that particular danger. But uh, she was rather the only one that came out of that unscathed. Yes, lot of death, lot of destruction, and it was at that time that Bilbara decided that perhaps it was time for her and her partners to go their separate ways. I believe no animosity, but uh, I think they just decided it wasn't quite right for them anymore. Well, I think that brings us up to speed, so I think if there's anything else you want to know about them, you'd probably have to start following them round. Bit creepy, but uh, it's the Underdark, there are no laws.
reality will return. Saturday, April.